Hello, my name is Dr. Terrence Oley Sr. And today I would like to have a very candid conversation about a subject matter that may be uncomfortable for some. It's a subject matter that a lot of people don't want to engage in or even confront or even feel that is important or necessary to talk about. Well, that subject matter is the conversation of suicide. That was placed on my heart to share, to help on today. So let me say this, suicide is an extremely complex and controversial topic, spiritually, psychologically, and socially. I'm gonna say that one more time. Suicide is a topic that is controversial, spiritually, psychologically, and socially. But let me say this, the last place that the conversation or topic about suicide that should be controversial or problematic should be in the house of God. The house of God should be a place that we can discuss anything about the matters of the heart that affect the men and women who sit in the pews in our congregations that we can speak from a candid, clear, compassionate, empathetic place that they are there to see that there's hope for where they are. Because you see a person who's dealing with suicide, they have a sense of hopelessness. They feel a, a sense of loss. They feel a, 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 a place of not love or they have no value. But people, to, people today, your life, you have a life that's valuable. You are love. You are, people, we care about you. Uh, your family love you. Uh, your friends care about you. And more importantly, God cares about you. But nonetheless, this is where we are uh, with suicide. And persons that do with suicide, they have what we call in counseling, tunnel vision. And tunnel vision, they only see one way out. They only see one way through. They only see one way of escape. So they find themselves in this tunnel and, then, and the thoughts that are in their mind, a suicide ideation, the thoughts of wanting to to harm themselves, uh, uh, escape from the pain, escape from the suffering, is how they feel is the answer to the problem. But I'm here to let you know, if you ever have the thought of suicide uh, or, or contemplating suicide, there is a way of escape for you that's safe, that you don't have to harm yourself and that your life is worth living. But let me say this, the goal, is to always to prevent suicide. Uh, our, the, the goal is to help, if you're in that place, we wanna let you know that suicide can be prevented. The goal is always to prevent suicide. We want people to understand that their life is precious to the creator and that they have purpose. But tragically, Sometimes the worst happens and people do take their own lives. Uh, I'm a victim of a person who took a committed suicide. My mom uh, at the age of 29 committed suicide. I was an 11 year old boy and uh, it was most, one of the most tragic events of my life. But I'm not here to really talk about that at the present. Uh, but it's important. Uh, it is important then that we offer love, we offer support, and understanding and hope 
to the survivors, uh, knowing that nothing can separate us from the love of God and Christ Jesus. So on that note, as we talk about this subject matter about suicide, let me say again, I wanna emphasize this, suicide can be prevented. But here is some statistical information. Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. And it's the third leading cause for youth ages 10 to 14. And it's the second leading cause of death for people aged 15 to 34. But here is another startling statistic. Each year in these United States, an estimated 37,000 people die by suicide and 1 million people attempt suicide according to the Centers for Disease and Control and Prevention. Now, men are nearly four times as likely or more likely than women uh, to take their own lives. But here again, suicide can be prevented. So the risk of suicide can be minimized by knowing the risk factors and recognizing the warning signs. So the warning signs of suicide, changes in behavior can be warning signs that someone may be thinking about or planning suicide. When I say change in their behavior, they no longer care about how they look. They're not worried about how their hair is kept. They're no longer how their, their clothes are, 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 are worn on them. They may be soil stained. Uh, they're, they're, they're looking unkempt. They may have body odor. That's a change of behavior. It's a warning sign. Often talking or writing about death. They're talking about dying or suicide uh, when these actions are out of the ordinary. Another warning sign is making comments about uh, being hopeless, uh, being helpless, or feeling worthless. Warning sign. Uh, uh, expressions of having this kind of uh, uh, expression, saying, I have no reason to live, or I would, I, I would be better off if I'm not here, or I want out. Watch those kind of conversations. Watch those kind of statements. Uh, and an and, and increase of alcohol use, uh, increase of drug use is another warning sign. Also withdrawal from friends, from family and community. You see, we are community. Uh, the, the body of Christ, we are community. We should love our brothers and our sisters. We should be concerned about our brothers and sisters. We should be concerned about our family. We should be concerned about our, our sons and our daughters. We should be concerned about all those who are connected to us that we care about, that we love. Friends, keep a connection. Keep a closeness. So watch these signs when people want to withdraw, be isolated, not be around. There's something going on in their lives. Reckless behavior, that's another warning sign. Or, or, or more risky activities, a dare, something they'll do seemingly without even thinking about the consequences of what could happen. Dramatic mood changes. Something's going on, a dramatic mood change of behavior. Giving away prize, prize possessions, uh, putting affairs in orders, uh, tying up loose ends and changing a will. 
these are warning signs. So let's talk about some risk factors of suicide, certain events and circumstances that may increase the risk, losses and other circumstances or events. For example, uh, the breakup of a relationship or a death, a failure uh, in academics, having legal troubles, having legal difficulties, having financial difficulties, bullying. These are risk factors for suicide. Previous suicide attempts, they often say one, once an attempt for suicide, there could be another attempt for suicide. I can recall as an 11 year old kid, uh, my mom uh, attempted suicide for the first time uh, in January of 73. And her first attempt was with an overdose of pills. And me being an 11 year old kid, I was coming home from school. I came home and I rung the doorbell and she didn't answer the door. So one of my sisters came up behind me with the key. We got to the house and there was my mom. She had uh, she was in her bed and I went to her bed and asked what was going on. Just I, I felt something that wasn't right. And I saw this blue glass of water that was over her headboard and she, and, and she had taken an overdose of pills. And I immediately I helped get her up. And I had help walk to the bathroom. I was on our lower level floor. And I called my grandmother. We called the MLAMs, the hospital, and got her to the hospital. And that was her first attempt. But unfortunately, she was in the hospital for some time. She came home. And uh, not many days later, she took the lethal attempt with the firearms. And let me say this. Uh, with the firearms, she, committed, she took her own life. And to this very day, I have a disdain for firearms. Uh, let me give you a little candid story about that, my experience with firearms. I joined the military in the United States Air Force. I served for 21 years and seven months. So I had to use a weapon in basic training. I was 18 years old. Uh, I had made the decision to want to go to the military. So I had psyched my mind up to be able to uh, succeed. I didn't want to fail. So I, I wanted to conquer whatever I had to do. So I was in weapons training. I had an M16 rifle in my hand. We had to take it apart, put it back together, go to the rifle range and shoot it. And so, but when I went to, uh, but fast forward uh, from that point, I was about in my thirties, I went to Korea for a remote tour and I had to renew my firearm training. And I want you to know that I was at the firearm range and a trigger moment happened for me. All I could hear was the sound of gunfire. And as I laid down on the ground in my position to shoot my weapon, I paused, I froze, and I could not shoot that weapon because all I could think about was what happened with my mom, that her life was taken by, 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 by a firearm. And the trainer that was there, he's, he's, he's knelt down. He said, sir, are you okay? I said, sir, I'm not okay. I, I can't do this. So he took the weapon from me and he said, you're going you're gonna to have to come back. People of God, I went to my dorm room at the time and I got on my knees and I cried out to God. I said, God, you got to help me. You got to help me get through this trauma. You got to get help me get me through this pain. Got to get me through this emotional situation I was dealing with, thinking about my mom. And she had been dead for many years. But that trigger, that trauma, that firearm just came and overtook me at that moment. But I thank God by praying for God and seeking God and, and for the help of God. I was able to overcome that and I conquered that moment. And then I went back to the fire range and was able to use the weapon. But that was just was a trigger for me. Uh, and I just spoke about it as I spoke about the history of trauma. Uh, uh, those, those are risk factors of, of suicide. Uh, chronic physical illness. 
I, I, including chronic pain uh, could be a risk factor for suicide. Exposure to the suicide behaviors of others. And lastly, a history of suicide in the family. So I just wanted to take the time to share with you today to watch for those you love and watch out for those that you care about who are fine, who may find themselves in a dark place. Uh, pastors, well, we should be attentive uh, to those who may come to us with a problem, a situation. And uh, first of all, you, you're, the, you're the first person that someone who's dealing with a chronic or dealing with a problem, they wanna come to you for care or for counsel. Uh, before they seek the professional help of a professional. But let me say this, your due diligence is to make a referral when a person is contemplating suicide and we and you do all you can to give them guidance, giving them the spiritual care uh, that is needed. But we need to do our due diligence and make a referral for them. Uh, and that and that refers with a professional counselor, a licensed professional counselor. I'm gonna say this is something about uh, the sick suicide and stigma. Realize uh, it, it says realize that for many people, the stigma about mental health conditions involving stereotypes, prejudice, and discrimination is a significant part of dealing with the illness itself. This encompasses both public stem, uh, a stigma, a general population a reaction to people with mental illness, uh, uh, and self-stigma, prejudice, uh, that people with mental illness turn against themselves. Uh, faith leaders should know, should know enough about mental health conditions to understand the challenges that an individual may be facing and to be able to comfortably and confidently uh, deal with stigma related uh, resistance. So let's be aware of those that are around us. Let's be sensitive to those who deal with mental health issues and, 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 and situations uh, that, that may cause them to feel the shame and embarrassment, but we're there to help them. And let me say this in my close, there is a National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That number is 1-800-273-TALK. Again, that is 1-800-273-TALK, 8255. Uh, the, they have trained counselors who are on the line who can refer you to your local resources. They're available 24-7. So I just hope that this uh, candid conversation about suicide was meaningful for you. If you want to share it with someone that may need to listen to this, by all means do this. And there will be further conversations that will be happening about this matter because it certainly is a matter that's close to my heart. And as I come to a close, I established a scholarship in memory of my mother that's called the Ethel Hayes, the Sigmatization of Mental Health Illness Scholarship. And this scholarship is awarded every year for a high school or college student. Uh, my mom's birthday is July 13th. And of course, and so, so July of 2020, uh, July of uh, 2022 will be the award of the this upcoming, the second scholarship for next year. So you have a high school student or a college student, uh, but by all means apply for a scholarship. It just requires a written essay about your experience about mental health or mental illness 
or about someone you know that may be suffering with mental illness or depression, et cetera. And just write this uh, 250 or 500 word essay. And based on your essay, uh, you may be awarded that scholarship. Of course, my goal is to raise uh, $10,000 for the scholarship. We raised over $7,200 on last year and we awarded $3,600 of, of, of to two people on last year. So that's why that scholarship is important for me. This is why having this kind of this kind of conversation about suicide is very close to my heart because I want to help raise the awareness in our communities. I want to help remove this stigma and I want to be unashamed, unashamedly uh, 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 open to be able to talk about uh, suicide prevention and that if you get the right help, your life is worth living. Until the next time, be blessed.